Hey, and welcome to the Terrence Fisher Podcast. So I want to talk a little bit about the subject of selfishness and how it can lead to a better and more fulfilling life. Now, let's classify what I mean here by selfishness. I'm not talking about the type of selfishness that people typically refer to as this sort of you're only thinking about yourself and you have no concern for other people and, you know, you kind of live in this world of your own kind of selfishness. That's not the selfishness that I'm speaking of here. The selfishness that I'm talking about is more closely kin to what would be thought as self-care and self-concern. So why is this level of selfishness important? Well, when we want to navigate through life, we, we have to deal with other people. That's a sort of given of life. So in order to do that and to do it more effectively, we need to develop a keen sense of concern about our own self. We need to be concerned about what we're being, how we're operating, what our actions are, saying to other people, what we convey to other people. Now, when I say concern, I don't mean this, you know, way in which we're overly concerned, where we just consume with this, but a healthy balance of concern for self in these matters. And I think that in doing this, that we gain the value of learning that a lot of times, and, you know, if I'm being honest with most times with me, it's our own selves that probably needs a little work. It's our own perspectives that needs to be adjusted. It's our own actions that may need to be, you know, done a little differently. And it's our words that may need to be spoken differently or, or said differently. And that sometimes can be a hard pill, pill to swallow. But, you know, again, this is where growth is. This is where opportunity is for us to live more healthy and more fulfilling lives and, you know, be that person that we want to be to ourselves and to others. So, for example, if you're a parent, you know, and you have a young child that's, you know, two or three years old and has all of this energy and is always running around and, you know, running around the house, running around the yard or whatever, and you're finding it hard to keep up with that child because you're out of shape, well, it's not the child's fault that, you know, he or she is running around the house and, you know, has all of this energy. You know, if you're choosing to be a parent, then you, you're also choosing the actions that come along with that. So, you know, in the self-care with this or self-concern, you know, you may need to look at that as an opportunity to say, okay, I need to get my life together. I may need to get in the gym. I may, you know, need to lift some weights, whatever the case may be, get in better health, better shape so I can be a better parent to my child. And it's the same in most relationships. You could pretty much use any example. If you are a leader or some kind of teacher, you know, say a school teacher and, you know, you teach math, you teach the subject of math. It would probably do you and your students good to, you know, refresh your math, to know your math, to continuously educate yourself on the subject of math and you know, everything that comes with math, and that makes you a better mathematician and a better teacher to your students. 
or even if you're a wife or a husband, you know, or spouse of some sort to somebody else, the same principle applies. If there are some issues that are arising in that relationship, then the first thing to do is to take a look at self, you know, check yourself out and see if there's anything in your attitude or in your perspective, in your actions, in your words that may need to be adjusted that you can do differently next time. And then guess what the result of that is going to be? That makes you a better person. That makes you a better person to your spouse. And that makes your relationship better. And this is really important because what we tend to do most times is focus on the other person or the other thing. You know, in the parent situation, we're focused on what the child is doing. The child is bad. So he or she is running around the house, tearing up everything. It's not my fault that I'm out of shape and, you know, can't keep up with the child. And I decided to have them. You know, we, we tend not to look at ourselves. In the, the case of the math teacher, it's the students that are flunking the class. It's, you know, they're not doing their work. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. But, you know, how many times did you as a math professor, you know, continue to educate yourself so that you can be a better teacher to those students? And of course, the same thing in the romantic relationship. You know, when something goes wrong, we immediately point the finger at the other person when, you know, a lot of times the issues could have arose from our own actions and our own words and our own perspectives that we have failed to check. And here's the irony about this whole self-concern and self-care thing. The more that we're able to do that, you know, be concerned with self and take care of ourselves and make sure that ourselves is in check and in line and our perspectives and our actions and our words are impeccable and all of that kind of stuff. The irony is that it allows us to be more selfless to others. You, you know, it's just a crazy thing. You know, the more that we concentrate on ourselves and getting ourselves together, I think that we learn that, you know, our relationships with other people are really, really important. And that we have to show up as our best selves in, in most situations in order to get the best out of those situations. So, again, this path of self-care and selfishness and, you know, self-reflection is, is probably a better way to describe it. This is a thing that I believe that can help us be a whole lot better to ourselves and to other people. And one of the best ways I've found to do this is to be proactive about it and not wait until, you know, a situation or a circumstance arises that's going to test this, you know, for you. Start thinking about now, you know, while, while everything is cool, you know, say in your relationships with, you know, your spouse or your friends or your family or whomever, start thinking about now how you can better or, or be better, you know, have a better perspective, how your actions can be different, how your words can be different, you know, should an argument come up or should, you know, some kind of conflict arise, you know, and this is especially true in terms of romantic relationships, because, you know, those, you know, the, the husband and the wife or, you know, whatever gets into the, you know, these sorts of spats and stuff all of the time. So it's it's kind of wise to kind of think of it now, you know, the next time I'm arguing with, you know, my wife or my husband, 
you know, this is how I'm going to respond. I'm going to I'm going to keep a cooler head. I'm going to make sure I don't say anything, you know, hurtful and all of that kind of stuff. You know, start thinking about those things now and also start thinking about the things that you can put in the place of those things that you would normally do. That's, you know, pointing the fingers at others and blaming others. And that's doing the opposite of, you know, the self-reflection and the, the self-care and the self-concern that we're discussing here. Just get in your mind one, two, maybe three actions or words, you know, that are, are sort of your go to things or or even a perspective that's just kind of your go to thing that, you know, hey, I'm not going to think bad of this. You know, initially, I'm going to you know keep a cool head or whatever the case may be. Start thinking of one to three things in your mind right now and just keep those things at the forefront of your mind so that when and or if you know, a situation arises where you, that sort of character is being tested, you can respond accordingly. And some phrases that I found that really work well in a lot of these types of circumstances are phrases like, I don't fully understand, would you tell me more? Or I don't quite get it yet, so just keep talking. Or even you could start with the <laughs> what I call the sort of forgotten art of the apology. You know, we, we tend to kind of not want to apologize and be sorry for things nowadays. But again, that's a whole different subject. But, you know, starting that off, hey, I'm sorry, I misunderstood you, or I'm sorry, I don't get it. Or, you know, whatever it is that, you know, may sort of require an apology or not necessarily require it, but where an apology would be a nice thing to do or to, to express to somebody. You know, start with that. Say, hey, I'm sorry. I, I really don't understand. I'm sorry I made this mistake. I'm sorry I said this. I'm sorry I took this particular action. And then, you know, explain your case from there if there's a case to be explained or, you know, just leave it at an apology. Hey, I'm I apologize. I'm sorry. You know, this is what I was thinking at the time. This is the why. And, you know, it won't happen again and then be done with it. So these are some ways that I think selfishness and self-reflection, self-concern, self-care can help us navigate through life a whole lot more efficiently and it will allow us to become better people to ourselves and to others. So go out now and, you know, try some of these things. You know, start start incorporating these principles and tactics in your everyday life relationships with others. And I believe that you will see a, a really, really valuable benefit and that you in yourself will become a greater person to yourself and to the people around you.